Welcome to another episode of the show of the podcast, another hybrid episode. Maybe not so much hybrid, so I want to talk really quick about tennis and the news of the release of the ATP 2021 calendar, at least the first two or three months. And then I want to talk about Yanis signing the Supermax in Milwaukee and not necessarily what is new with Harden, but what can possibly happen with him. So let's get right into it. I want to... This, this feels weird. So the season starts in United States. So this is just ATP. The, w, the WTA calendar has not been released yet. But at the ATP level, they are starting in Delray Beach, a 250 event in January from 5 to 13 of January. Same week, 250 event in Antalya. Okay, then uh, the Australian Open qualifying are going to be played in Doha for men and what I understood in Dubai for, for women. So this is new. Qualifiers for an event played not even on a different country, but on a different continent. We'll see how that turns out. And then from 31 of January to 6 of February, we will have Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2, which I think one of them is supposed to replace Adelaide, which was a first-time event last season, and the other one should also replace Brisbane? Or... I don't know. But this was a news, an old news, actually, that all the tennis events that were going to happen in all of Australia, this season are actually going all to happen in Melbourne. So Melbourne is the standard location for, yeah, Adelaide, ATP Cup, and whatever means Melbourne 2, because it's Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2 in the same week. Same, 250 events. So I don't know if any of the top 10 players will be here. What is... What I don't like at all is the schedule of the ATP Cup. Now, I understood, I, I mean, I read that it is going to be a shorter ATP Cup. I don't know yet the format. I don't know if it has been released, the official format. But it says that it will be from wine for the from 1st of February to 5. So, last year... When the beginning, the first ever edition of the ATP Cup, which I thought was a phenomenal success, was from 30th of December 2019 to the 12th of January. So, almost a two-week, not almost, a two-week event. It was group stage where each country played three times. Three other countries, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. And it were all in different locations. Now it's a five-day event in the same location, the Melbourne Park. And I I have my eyebrows raised. Like, how? Why? What? This was an event... Kind of the Davis Cup for the ATP, if you don't know. Yeah, it had a lot of criticism last year. 
And understandably so, it was a first-time event. But overall, I think it was a success. And I think it was a success. Yes, the fact that all the good players, maybe except for Federer and Wawrinka, so Swiss was not there as a country. But not Djokovic was, Nadal was, Bautista Agut was, Shapovalov was. A, a lot of good players were there. And I think this is one of the main reasons that made this such a successful event. And now, so it's one first of February to five of February. Yeah, five days. There is a three-day break between the start, the end of the ATP Cup and the start of the Australian Open. And this got me thinking, will Djokovic play again? Will Nadal play again? So it is already known that these guys are older, yeah? Djokovic is 33, Nadal is 34. They are still the best players in the ATP. But they are not playing as much as a Denis Shapovalov, for example, or as an Andrei Rublev. Both of these players came into the top 10 rankings this season. So they are not bad players, but they are younger players. So this is why I don't know if we will see those guys there. And if none of the elite players will be there, I don't know about the success of the event. Because, yeah, okay, the, the Australian Open starts 8th with the first round. Even if they don't play on the 8th, then they play on the ninth. Let's figure, it's a short break. And yeah, maybe they... Sorry, maybe they play less games, less matches in the ATP Cup due to the new format, because I suppose it's going to be a new format. But even though I don't know if they will play both ATP Cup and Australian Open, because obviously, talking to just the two, just Nadal and Djokovic, because, yeah, we'll get into Federer a little bit later. Nadal and Djokovic... I don't know if they will play both. They played in the final of the ATP Cup last season. But as I said, it, last season it was a one-week break. Maybe even more, I think something like 10 days. Between the end of the ATP Cup and the start of the Austrian Open. And this is why probably they played. And I don't know. Or maybe they will play in the Melbourne 1 or 2 in order to... I don't know as a somehow of a training like you know what I'm saying to get prepared I, I, I don't know I think it's fascinating for me yeah so these are the first seven weeks of the ATP Tour calendar and we already I think got confirmation that the Indian Wells is not going to be played this season because of how Austrian Open literally said now nah, we're playing on Whenever we want, it's going to be 8, 21 February. So yeah, Indian Wells, I don't give a damn about your plans. Which first I found... I, I want to say that I found it surprising, but I didn't. Because as I said, the Australians are very, very, very careful with the virus. So it's going to be interesting. 
This is why they play the qualifications in Doha and Dubai. I think so far there were news that only Nadal confirmed to be in Australian Open. Yeah, obviously that Djokovic will play the Australian Open, even though it's not yet official confirmed. But we will see if they play the ATP Cup, the Melbourne 1, the Melbourne 2. It's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting. Basically, it's going to be a full... Not really full. A one full month, almost, or of Melbourne tennis from 31st of January to the 21 of February. Or wait, no. Yeah, now I'm realizing if they play the Melbourne 1, they can't play in the ATP Cup. So the Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2 is going to be probably for players that don't want to play the ATP Cup. Because how are they going to put three events on the same time? Oh my God, I'm realizing it just now as I'm, <laughs> as I'm recording this. So there are Melbourne 1, Melbourne 2 and ATP Cup played like exactly on the same date. So probably they thought that the big the big dogs, the big guns will play in the ATP Cup. While players probably seated from, I don't know, 50 to 150 will play in Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2. Wow, this is going to be so interesting. And I think that the laws are that players need to quarantine themselves for two weeks upon the start of the Australian Open, their arrival. So if the Australian Open starts on the 8th of February, they will need to be there by mid-January. Bro, this, this is going to be so strange to see. I mean, wow. Other news, because I wanted to touch a little bit on the Federer subject. So, he only played one event last season, Australian Open. Then, he got a knee surgery. The recovery did not end up good, and he got another knee surgery. So, two knee surgeries in one year. He said that he's recovering good. He feels no pain no more. He's taking it slowly, step by step. And now, on a recent interview with, I don't remember exactly, I think some Swiss, I don't know. He said something that was very confusing and misleading. Something like, so he always said that Australian 2021 will be his return. Now he said something like, yeah, even though my career will, even though I will not be able to plan, my career will end here. I'm happy to end my career with this award. Yeah, he wants something like the best sportsman, sports athlete from Switzerland in the last 17, 70 years. It was kind of a weird of an award if you ask me, but I don't know. But that was a statement that was really confusing. I mean, what is that even supposed to mean? That you're not recovering well? That you're still feeling pain in your knee when you're playing? That you will retire out of the blue just like that? So I, I really hope that was some... Fluky statement. I, I, it got me really confused and really thinking about what if we'll never see Federer again on a playing court? 
on a tennis court. I mean, at the professional level, obviously. And that got me pretty upset and devastated. Can you imagine that? Like, out of the blue, just like that, boom, I'm retiring. I can't play anymore. My knee hurts so bad. That would be a... Without a... Not a farewell tour, but at least I don't know, a farewell tournament, I mean. So many people see him as the best player of all time, and rightfully so. He almost has the most tournaments. He only trails Jimmy Connors, and he's close to that. He has the most Grand Slams. He's 39 years of, of age. He dominated the tour like 2002, 1, 99. So... I don't really, I don't want to focus my energy on that because I don't want that to happen and I I don't want to think about it. Now, in other news, switching to NBA basketball, Giannis Antetokounmpo signed the Supermax, which was kind of the thing people most predicted. I don't know. I thought, I, I, I didn't expect that. I mean, I don't know. I was half-half, you know, because as a small market team, they blew up. So, two things. They blew up Malcolm Brogdon. They want, didn't want to enter the luxury. They played Giannis cheap. And they preferred Bledsoe instead of Brogdon, which I think we can all agree now that it was a mistake. So, this was their first mistake. The second mistake, they blew up the Bogdan Bogdanovic trade badly. I don't know how this news of the trade got leaked before the trade deadline, not the trade deadline, the trade season officially starting or the free agency even starting. It was supposed to be a sign and trade. But at that time, you were not able to complete any signings or trades or whatever the case it was. But how can you do such a mistake as a professional NBA team? They got him due holiday which is an upgrade, obviously, over Eric Bledsoe. I think they overpaid him, but if that is what it took to bring Giannis, I'm not going to argue with that, and I'm not going to say it was a bad decision. But, yeah, and this was two mistakes by the Milwaukee organization. They played him cheap with Brogdon. I don't know what happened with Bogdanovich exactly. I think no one knows, and no one will even will ever know, but it was just awful then they brought in yeah they had some solid signings I mean Bryn Forbes I think it was an under under sorry wow I can't I, I, I can't say this word underrated wow it was an underrated signing he played very good with the San Antonio Spurs last season so I really like that they made some other roster changes. Divincenzo is still there because he was supposed to be part of the Bogdanovich trade. So they still have one tiny young value asset. I don't know. I don't think they are a championship team as of how they are constructed right now. They need to make more moves. I don't know. A player like Bogdan Bogdanovich, bring, you, you need to have that. It's really a bummer that that didn't happen. Now. Yeah, and. If you live under a rock and you didn't know. 
Yanis's contract is the biggest contract in NBA history. So probably money was part of the reason. So the NBA is constructing in this way that you can gain the supermax only by the team you have played. I don't know how many seasons. So if Yanis, if Yanis's contract would have ended next season, and he said, "Okay, I'm leaving," the team that he could have gone were could offer him the max, but not the super max. So he would have left something like 70, 80 million off the, the table, which is a lot, a lot of crap load of money. But if he didn't care about the money, he could have done that. And I really saw him going to Dallas. I think it was the most obvious pick, but yeah, now this will not happen. And then I figured, but Yanis is not like all these NBA players. I mean, first of all, he's not American. He's from Greece. He grew up on a cheap, on a not cheap, on a poor family, selling trinkets on the street, wearing the same shoes as his brothers. And you know the story of Yanis when I don't know exactly from which year it was, but he sent so much money home. And he didn't have money to pay a cab to go from the arena to his home or from his home to the to the Milwaukee Bucks arena. So Yanis is different. For Yanis, Milwaukee is the LA, the New York, the a big market. His family, his he, his the organization was yeah they did some mistakes, but they were loyal to him. They did the Drew Holiday trade for him and they traded, I don't know, a gazillion of picks for that. So Milwaukee, so Yanis has a different mindset than all these players who want to go to LA, New York, or I don't know what historic franchise, Chicago, big market, Philadelphia, I don't know, Boston. The list is considerable big. But Yanis is different. His story is different. His mindset is different. And I really think he has the potential to be like Dirk. To play 20 years, 20... How many seasons did Dirk play? 20, 40, 60, 21? With the same organization? And he got the championship? I think Yanis has the potential to do that. And maybe that is more important to him. To win a championship or two or three or whatever. Or maybe even none. With the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously the goal is to win a championship. But to stay there and to mean so much for that franchise and so much for the fans and so much for the city, like Dirk did. Like, did, don't they have a street in Dallas called the Dernovitsky Street or Boulevard or something like that? Can you imagine having a. You are from Germany and you have a street named after you in the United States? So. Yanis can have the same story. Probably this is what he wants. I mean, there is still, if he doesn't achieve anything with the Milwaukee Bucks in three or four years, he can say, yeah, trade me. This is a possibility. It's not, he doesn't have a no trade clause. But I don't think he will. 
unless things go amazingly bad. But I think he, I think he will stay for all those these five years. I don't know what the future holds for him. There is five years is such a long period of time. There were there is a lot of things that could happen. But now maybe a free agent in one or two years. Remember, Yanis is twenty six. Maybe a free agent in not next season, but two or three seasons can say, okay, so Yanis is still there. They still have Divincenzo, and he has developed good. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to the box. I think this was one of the biggest moments in the box organization from, I don't know, when Kareem and the big O got the championship in 70-something. I don't know exactly the... I don't remember exactly the year. So this was a huge thing for Yanis. Congratulations on him. He deserves that. He's the two-time back-to-back MVP, defensive player of the year. The work that he has put in since he came into this league. If you if you don't know, please Google it. Search Yanis Antetokounmpo in his first year in the NBA and compare it to how he looks now because it's ridiculous. It looks like he has been in actually a chemical lab. So yeah, this is one. This is what I wanted to say about Yanis. And now with Yanis signing the supermax. Paul George got his extension. LeBron got his extension. AD got an extension. We'll see what Kawhi does. But the free agent market next season got worse. Not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about the unhappy superstar James Harden, which has kind of acted weirdly at the start going to party in Atlanta in Vegas at little baby birthday party without wearing a face mask yeah it was a lot of controversy then he said at a press conference so he didn't do a press conference in, after his first game he did a uh, media press the next day or something like that and he said that he was training with his personal trainers while the entire team was on a training camp so BS if you ask me but he said the right thing. But he wants so much to be traded that you can see that. I mean, there is nothing you can do. And he will eventually get traded, I think, by the trade deadline. I don't think he will play this entire season in Houston. He might play at the beginning of the season. So the trade deadline, I think the news got today or yesterday. Which is it? I forgot. 23 or it, it is either 23 of March or 25. So then is the trade deadline. I think James Harden will be on another team by that time. Now, what does Yanis signing do? I think the market for James Harden got heated up. And what I want to do now is try to think of some contenders that could trade and use Harden to win a championship. So let's start with the most knowable, let's say, the once that Harden ex- desired, expressed his desire to go to one of the, those teams, Brooklyn and Philadelphia. And I really don't think it's a coincidence that in Brooklyn there is Mike D'Antoni and in Philadelphia there is Daryl Morey, but yeah, I don't believe in coincidences like that. So comparing the packages, it's going to be something like Dinwiddie Lavort, Allen, 
and picks if it's Brooklyn. And if it's Philly, it's going to be Simmons. And I don't know if there are going to be any picks or Simmons and Tybo and one pick. I, I don't know. For me, as the Houston Rockets organization, I, I'm taking the Houston, the Philadelphia offer. Like 100% not even thinking about it. If these are my two options, what am I even thinking? Ben Simmons has the potential to be an MVP on this league, a perennial all-star, a finals MVP maybe someday. His passing is off the charts, his defensive amazing. Yeah, he doesn't shoot, which contradicts, like, it's a 180 switch of the style the Rockets played in the last seasons. There's a new coach, there's a new general manager, we will see. So I think Ben Simmons is the most safe bet that you can take as a Rockets organization because you will never be able to take same value for Harden. It's not like Brooklyn will give you Kevin Durant. It's, how can you even think of that? I'm asking myself right now. So if I was the Houston Rockets, I would take the Ben Simmons package. Now, there are reports, contradictory reports that came out in the same day or one day between each other that said that Houston, that Philadelphia is including Ben Simmons in deals, but there is no further conversation. There is no, they are not close to a deal. And then Daryl Morey says that there is no way Ben Simmons is going to be included in this trade. So I, I don't know what to say. I think he, the Ben Simmons name needs to come out because, yeah, obviously, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you want to include Tobias Harris probably and Tybal and Zaire Smith and three or four picks for Harden. But in this case, if I were Houston, I would rather take the Brooklyn package. So these are the first two teams that came out. Then, now, I think it's very interesting That, Har that uh, Yanni signed the Supermax. What if Harden goes to Milwaukee? I asked myself that. And then the more I thought about it, the more I found it, the Brooklyn package more appealing than the Milwaukee Bucks potential package. I mean, what can they trade? So it's going to be either Middleton or Holiday. If I were the Bucks, I would say, yeah, pick whatever you want between those two. David Chenzo and... Picks. I don't know exactly how many first round picks they have. I don't think there is a lot of them and I don't think it's the package is appealing enough for the Houston Rockets. But if they trade, I don't I, I don't care between Drew and Chris Middleton, whatever the Houston Rockets want. But Harden with Middleton or Yanis or Harden with Holiday or Yanis, I would definitely reconsider them as a championship team. And uh, then, I think there were some reports with Miami, but what can really Miami offer? They will not offer Butler, they will not offer Adebayo, they just re-upped him. Tyler Hero, yeah, okay, and what else? Tyler Hero and Picks, I don't think Tyler Hero, as good as he looked at the, the age of 20, I'm coming, I, I need to go back to the Philadelphia 76ers trade. I mean, would you rather have Tyler Hero or Ben Simmons? They're both young. Okay, yeah, Tyler Hero is younger than, than Simmons, but I think Simmons' potential is much higher than Tyler Hero. So, 
if I have Simmons available, what are you still waiting for, Houston? It's not like the Lakers will say, yeah, okay, we will give you AD for Harden. So what are you even thinking? Then there were reports, I think yesterday or today even, that, yeah, the Houston Rockets are now talking to more contending teams. And I was thinking, okay, so there is Brooklyn, there is Philly, there is Bucks, the Miami Heat we just talked about. What are the contending teams have a solid package for Harden and are willing to trade for Harden to go for all in for a championship run this season? So let's go to the West. Lakers? No, there is no way. Clippers? What are they going to trade? Paul George? I don't know if Kawhi wants Harden. I don't know if Harden wants to play with Kawhi. I don't know the relationship between those guys. But I really don't think it's plausible considering Paul George just re-signed a max extension with the Clippers. So I don't know the likelihood of this happening. But if I were the Clippers, uh, I would trade Harden for Paul George. Then the Nuggets? But what are they? Michael Porter Jr.? But they need some salaries. Who are Millsap, Michael Porter Jr., some picks? I think this would be interesting. But then again, as the Houston Rockets, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. could develop into something really, really special, but... I think the risk is higher than the reward. Then it will be with Ben Simmons. I mean, I will need more. Maybe a three-team trade. And I, I don't know. I'm not good at three-team trades. But Michael Porter Jr. will not be enough for me if I'm the Houston Rockets. Am I really relying on him to be the savior of this organization? I don't know. And I don't think they will trade like Jamal Murray for Harden and play Harden... And then the Nuggets will take a risky bet on MPJ and Jokic. I don't think that will ever happen. So what are the other teams? Warriors? And what are they going to trade? Like Wiseman probably? And Kelly Ubri, But I don't think the salaries will match. They will need to trade some Draymond Green, I think. And I don't think they will do that. Plus they will have Clay Thompson next season. So I don't know how... This trio will work. It will probably will. But I don't see that. And I don't think it can happen because of the money. Utah? What does Utah have to offer? Gobert? Nah. So I think I'm done with the... Con Dallas? What is that? What does Dallas has to offer? Tim Hardaway Jr. and... And that's it. Picks and... You will not have for Tony or Porzingis. Timberwolves? Maybe? With Towns and Russell? I don't think the Jeans Harden would want to play there. So I think I'm done with the contenders in the West. I can't think of anyone. Let's go to the East. So I already talked about Miami. I've already talked about four teams. So what teams are left? The Boston Celtics. What are they going to trade? Jalen Brown and Peaks and 
Harden will play with Kemba and Tatum. There are so Kemba needs the ball. Harden needs the ball. And Tatum, yet yeah, Tatum plays off ball, but he's the second dribbler of that team besides Kemba. And he's I think he has a pretty high usage rate. So how is that going to work ever? Or trade Kemba? If I'm the Rockets, I would ask for Brown. If I'm the Rockets, I would obviously ask for Tatum, but I don't think that will ever happen. So, I was, what, Indiana? No. Wizards? No. Who? Who are those contenders that the Rockets have talks with? I mean, yeah, they can have talks with any team in the entire league, but if I'm the Houston Rockets, Ben Simmons is the most clear package for me. And if it is offered, obviously, because if they offer me Tobias Harris and something like that, I don't know. I might go oriented to Brooklyn or the team that has the most picks. Sacramento and I get Bagley? No, I mean... I did this exercise. I thought about those teams. And I still think that the Ben Simmons... Trade is the most appealing to me as if I was the if I were the, the Houston Rockets organization. So we will see where he ends up to. I really think, as I said before, I think he will be. He might play even with the Houston Rockets organization at the beginning, and I think it will be a fun team with Wall, Harden, and Cousins coming back. Wall and Cousins. I don't think they're a championship team and obviously Harden wants to win a championship because his windows is getting tightier and close to an end. So we will see how the story develops. I'm really interested and curious to see if, he, if I will take my phone into the hands and see a James Harden trade to Atlanta or some place like that. I would have been shocked. But this was the episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. Don't forget to follow if you are listening on Spotify and subscribe and leave a comment with where you think Harden will end up if you're listening on YouTube. Stay safe, take care on yourself and peace!